If you're joining us for the first time, we, we kicked off a series that we're calling Uphill Habits at the very beginning of the year, and we're in week three. The reason that we actually titled it Uphill Habits, because we talked about this in week one, that everything worthwhile, anything that is going to change your life is always going to be uphill. So, so meaning this, all of us have, we have uphill habits, but most of the times we have downhill hopes. Or we have downhill habits and uphill hopes, meaning that we have this high expectation for the new year, like I'm going to change this, and I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to start eating right, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to get in healthy relationships. And then we begin to realize the habits that we have usually start dragging us down. So the whole idea of this sermon series was really to give you four habits that if we really put them into practice, that have the ability to really shape 2018, to really change our life. And I want to say this before I give um, the third one away, is that all these principles that we've been sharing and everything that we've been talking about, I I want you to understand one thing. This is not self-help. Okay, um, if I was preaching self-help, I would quit right now because I don't believe that it, that it changes or helps anybody. At the end of the day, Scripture and the Bible and Jesus is what transforms lives, not you just putting something into practice. So here's what I want you to understand. These habits are grounded and based in the Bible. I'm not just giving you three things. that you, If you do these three things or these four things, it's going to change your life. Ultimately, at the end of the day, for any of these things to have any power, they have to be rooted in a relationship with Jesus. So, so number one, if you don't know Jesus, this is an opportunity. This is an invitation for you this morning, hopefully, um, to encounter him so that you can have a relationship with him. But we've kind of had this theme verse And it's kind of carried us through the series, and it's been in Romans 12, verse 2. And it says this, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Because here's the truth, that's what we want. Because here's what our culture is obsessed with, right? We're, We're obsessed with changing from the outside in. Right? We, we go to great lengths to make sure that we look great on stage. I actually considered putting some makeup on my nose this morning, right? Because we, we, we care about how we look. If you want to know, I was being like an idiot and I threw some glass in the dump and it slipped and hit my nose. So anyway, that's how I got this cut. My wife did not beat me, okay? So, um, but a lot of us, we care about the outside. And if we're honest, we care more about the outside than we do the inside, And so what Romans is saying, he says, if you fix your attention on God, he'll change you from the inside out and you'll readily recognize what he wants from you. And you'll quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. He he develops well-formed maturity in you. So that's what we want. Ultimately, we want God to change you from the inside out. I have literally seen this over the past three years of of pastoring this church, when people give their hearts and their lives over to God and he begins to change them from the inside out, they literally begin to have a different look about their face. It's all of a sudden, it's like the, 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 the dark circles begin to disappear and the depression and the heaviness in their eyes and all of a sudden there is this glow about them and people say, man, what is different about you? And the only thing that they have to attribute it to ultimately is Jesus. So if you don't know this, we've been in 21 days of prayer and, ha- and fasting to help us kick off this series, help us kick off this year. And, and we're doing that because we genuinely believe this. If we give God our best year, our best first days, our best month, 
If we give God everything that we have spiritually, if we make it the best year of our life spiritually, that ultimately 2018 is going to be the best year of our life. So the reason that we're fasting is this one key principle, because what you starve dies and what you feed thrives. So ultimately, through fasting, what are we doing? So some of us are cutting out social media. Some of us are maybe, um, maybe we're cutting out breakfast, or some of us are cutting out sweets. Or, or, and why are we doing these things? We're doing it because we recognize that we have some unhealthy habits in our life. And so we're taking some things that we really love and putting them aside, saying, I'm going to starve those habits so that ultimately I can start to produce some healthy habits in my life so that I can get to a place of where God really wants me to be. So if you missed the first two weeks, let me give you the first two habits that we talked about. Habit number one in week one was this, focus on what you do first. Meaning that everything that you do, the first of what you do, should be given to God. If you give God the first of your day, your day will be completely different. If you give God the first of your time, your time will be completely different. If you give God the first of your month, the first of your year, it will look different for you. Then we talked about, last week we talked about keeping our lives aligned with God's purpose. Here's the truth. Many of us wake up in the morning some days, and we don't even know why we're here. And the reason that we struggle with anxiety or depression or just this empty feeling inside is because we don't know what our purpose is. So habit three, the thing I want to give you today is control my thoughts. Control my, I hear the ooze. (laughs) Control my thoughts. I I want you to think for a moment. If you think back on your life, you'll realize that every time your life changed, it was due to your thinking changing. Every single time your life took a turn for the better or worse, it was because your thinking started to change. So if it took a turn for the best, you started surrendering your thoughts to God, and you said, you know, I'm not going to choose to believe this about myself. I am going to choose to believe the truth. If you took a turn for the worse, you started believing your lies. Yeah, well, maybe that is true what they say about me. Maybe I'll never amount to nothing, or maybe I am that. And you begin to start making some changes in your life. But here's the truth. You'll never make a change in your life until you change the way you think. You'll never make a change in your life until you change the way you think. Ecclesiastes 10.2 puts it this way. Wise thinking leads to right living. I love how the Bible puts it. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. (laughs) Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. So I want to give you three thoughts on thinking. And then I'm going to give you some things that I think can help you this morning. The first thought is this. Everything, everything begins with a thought. Everything that you regret, everything that you've ever done that you wish that you've never done, started right here. Started with just a thought. And, and the truth is, if you think of it like this, your heart and mind are like a field and your thoughts are like seeds. So if you don't take captive some of those negative thoughts, what you're doing is you're taking seeds and you're planting them into the ground and eventually they will begin to produce. Eventually they will begin to grow fruit, good or bad. See, if you try to change the behavior without changing the thinking behind the behavior, you'll never change. So you have to be careful about what goes into our minds. And I would say this, you have to be very careful about what goes into your mind at the very beginning of the day. Oftentimes, the first things that you think about when you get out of bed in the morning is usually how the trajectory of your day is going to go. 
So if you wake up in the morning and you're like most Americans, you know, you, you sleep in your bed and then you turn over and your phone is right there. And if you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you do is you open Facebook and you start reading all the negativity or you start, you get on the news and it's all negative and negative, most of the, the, the chances are the trajectory of your day is going to be negative thoughts because it's the first thing that you fed your mind with. So the first thing that you choose to think about in the day actually has a lot to do with how your day is going to go. Romans 12, 2 puts it this way. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Watch. By what? Changing the way that you think. Changing the way that you think. See, God wants to do a new thing for you this year. God ultimately wants to begin to change the way that you think about yourself, the way that you think about others, the way that you think about the world. But that's never going to happen unless we start submitting some certain things to him to say, okay, I've got to change some habits in my life. And remember what I said at the beginning, everything worthwhile is uphill. So here's what I mean by this. So some of the things that we have to cut out, it's not going to be easy. But everything worthwhile is usually difficult. Here's another one. Here's another thought on thinking. What we think oftentimes determines how we feel. What we think often determines how we feel. And here's what we get caught up in a lot of times. You may be blaming your negative thoughts on your circumstances. Well, if I wasn't in this financial crunch, or if my marriage wasn't like this, or if I wasn't in a job that I didn't like, then I wouldn't always have these negative thoughts. Here's the truth. Oftentimes, your thinking is determined by your perspective, not your circumstances. You have to understand this this morning. Your thinking is often determined not by your circumstances, but by your perspective. See, Jesus was oftentimes found in less than likely circumstances, but he always chose to have a right perspective. I want to show you a chart. I think I have a slide in there. It has a big circle pie chart. You see, okay, right here. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. I want you to get this picture because I think this will help you. So on this outer circle, we have the body, okay? This is what the New Testament writers would call the flesh, Like, this is the side of you that says, at the beginning of the year, I'm going to eat right. And then you drive by Rudox Donuts, and you're like, but just one donut, right? This this is the side of you that says, I'm going to begin to work out. And you go one time, and you're like, that was awful, and I'm never going back. This is the body. This is the side of you that is always saying, please yourself. This is the side of you that wants nothing but to please yourself. This is the side of you that wants to sleep in. This is the side of you that wants to watch 25 hours of Netflix, although you only have 24 hours in the day, right? This is the side of you that just wants to entertain every pleasure that you have. But I want you to notice something. It's on the very outside of the circle of who you are. And unless we begin to submit some of these things to Jesus, we can't even start getting into the healthy stuff. So unless we can start surrendering some of the ways that we think and we give those over to God, we can't even get down to the soul. We can't even get down to the mind. We can't even get down to the emotions. And we can't even get to the nucleus, the center part, which is our spirit, the part that actually connects with Jesus. And so here's why some of us 
have to beg and plead with Jesus, God, help me to surrender the way that I think. Because here's the truth. The most important part of you is your spirit right there. The part of you that often determines your emotions, the part of you that often determines how you think, the part of you that often determines the decisions that you make, the part of you that actually connects with Jesus, the part of you that makes you feel whole, the part of you that makes you feel like you have a purpose, you can't even get to that until you start eliminating some things in the body, some things in the flesh. You can't even get down to the part that God actually designed you. That's the part of you that actually connects with Jesus. We have to learn, listen, you have to learn to filter your mind. You have to learn to filter your mind. See, your thoughts are being influenced by the news, they're being influenced by social media, they're being influenced by video games, and if I had to take a bet, most of your negative thinking, whether you realize it or not, is coming from the internet. Most of your negative thinking is coming from the internet. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do. Is if you see this kind of like circle today, you're saying, Zach, look, this is great, but you don't understand the environment that I'm in. You don't understand what I'm constantly around. You don't understand why I have to give in to some of the things that I do. Like I want to connect with Jesus, but some of the temptations are just too strong. Here's, I want to make a challenge to you. And we're actually making this challenge at all of our campuses. Um, But I want you to try as hard as you can to do this this week. And if you can do it, I think that it will change some things for you. And you'll begin to realize how much of your thinking is actually influenced by outside sources that come from the internet. I want to challenge you to eliminate as much media as you can this week. I want to challenge you to eliminate as much media as you can this week. When I have done this before, I pick this device up and I don't even, like, I'm standing in line. I don't even know what to do with myself anymore. I'm like, I deleted the Facebook app. I don't have Instagram. I don't have the news. Like, what do I do? I have to be like a normal human being and just stand and wait in line. (laughs) Right? Here's, Here's what you don't understand. If you begin to eliminate some of these things, you'll begin to realize All of the things that you're being influenced by. Most of us don't even realize it in here. We don't even realize how much the internet is influencing the way that we think. Is influencing our perspective. Because all it takes is one thing. You see one person ranting on Facebook and you're like, oh, that proves exactly. I knew it was true. Right? I knew it. And you begin to think negatively. So I want you to eliminate as much media, and listen, as you possibly can, don't get religious about it, you know, don't, don't, don't freak out about it, whatever you walk out of here and say, okay, God, what would you have me eliminate, maybe for some of you, you're gonna walk out of here, and it's, maybe it's everything, maybe it's TV, maybe it's the cell phone, whatever it is, and I want you to watch how much your thinking is going to change this week, it's crazy how much clarity I have when I'm not so connected to technology. Here's what's crazy. It's, it's crazy how much original ideas I actually have when I'm not connected to the internet. Because you know what the internet has done to most of us? We don't even know how to think for ourselves anymore. We begin to form opinions just based on everybody else. And if, as long as they agree with it, well, then you agree with it. And you'll begin to realize how much you're influenced by outside sources. Here's what Philippians 4.8 says. It says, finally, brothers... 
Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, you can't even live out this verse if you're constantly being influenced by outside sources. You can't live this verse out of setting your mind on good and noble and righteous things if we're constantly being influenced by outside sources. As your pastor, this is what I want for you more than anything. I can't make your circumstances change, but all I can do is lead you to the truth. And here's my job this morning. I heard a pastor wisely say a long time ago, he said, listen, it's just my job to tell you the truth, and it's your job to make the decision. I can't, I can't change your choices for you. I can't get into your home and say, nope, wrong, yes, right, nope, yes. <laughs> Ultimately, here's what we have to learn to do. We have to learn, and, and many of you hear it right now. You hear that, that nagging, that tugging, that pull from the Holy Spirit going, this is what you need to do. And you know what you need to learn to do? You need to learn to listen to it. For some of us, for so long, we've just suppressed it because why? The, the thing that we're feeling conviction on is usually hard. It's usually difficult. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to maybe require some things that we don't want to do. But here's the third thought that I want you to understand. If you can't get your thoughts under control, here's what's going to happen. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Maybe you've heard this before. Um, It's just a simple old adage that's been said for millennia. And it says this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle, reap your destiny. Let me read that again. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. And listen, sow a lifestyle and reap a destiny. I want you to know something in this thing, what it says. Notice the first word is thought and the last word is destiny. Listen, if you want to live out your God-given purpose, what we talked about last night, I mean, last week, it starts right here. Here's the truth. There's so many of you, for some of you, you have dreams for the future, but the only reason you're not getting there, it's not because you don't possess the gifts. It's not because you don't possess the talent. It's not because you don't possess what God has equipped you or God hasn't given you what it is. You just don't think you're good enough to do it. And therefore, fear has paralyzed you. It has kept you from the destiny and the plan that God has for your life. It's not that you're not talented enough. It's not that God hasn't designed you for it. It's simply because you believe that you can't. Do you know how many people walk around in this world not living out their God-given purpose simply because they think that they can't? Simply because they think that they're not good enough or simply because they think that God's not going to be with them. Listen, your destiny starts with your thoughts. If you want to live out your God-given destiny, your God-given purpose, it's going to start in the mind. Listen, if you don't like where you're heading right now, if you don't like the trajectory of your life, it's going to start with you changing your thinking. I wrote this down a few days ago and and it says this. You are where your thoughts brought you, and you will go tomorrow where your thoughts take you. <laughs> you are where, the very place that you find yourself at right now, it's where your thoughts have brought you, and you will go tomorrow where your thoughts are going to take you. The scripture puts it a lot more elaborate in Romans 8. It says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. 
So those are that are constantly giving in to the flesh, what do we do? We just think sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and there is peace. So listen, the reason I read this is because this is key to everything that has to happen this morning. You cannot change the way you think, listen, on your own. It's just not going to happen. You cannot, you cannot will enough power to get out of these doors this morning and go, I'm going to change it. It is a supernatural force that is going to help you change that, and it's the Holy Spirit. It's the indwelling power that lives inside of us. So listen, if you don't know Jesus this morning, it's not going to start by changing your thinking. It's going to start by having a head-on collision with the reality that Jesus is what you need. And when you encounter Jesus and you encounter his grace and his mercy that he actually wants good for your life, then something begins to shift. See, for some of us this morning, we don't need to start with our thinking. We actually need to start with our salvation. (laughs) We need to start with going, okay, I finally need to make that decision to commit and to give my life to Jesus. So here's what I want to do quickly this morning. I want to give you five ways to practice good thinking. Five ways to practice good thinking. Number one, find a plan to control your thoughts. Find a plan to control your thoughts. See, a lot of us are being fed bad thinking, and most of it, as I said earlier, is coming from the internet. Some of you need some, I'm just going to be honest, some of us need some serious accountability on the internet. Some of us need some accountability for, for, I'm just, for some of us men, some of us need to put filters on our phones, or some of us need to have a brother or a godly man that we can call and say, hey man, would you just hold me accountable? Because every time I get on this website, or every time I get onto this, my thinking just goes somewhere else. And men, sometimes it's something you can't control, and the only way that you can control it is by opening it up and exposing what you're dealing with. See, sometimes the only way to change your thinking is to, explo- is to expose the darkness that's going on in your head. I love the old Johnny Cash song. He says, what you do in the dark will eventually be brought to light, and if you don't bring it to light, God will eventually drag it to the light. See, we, we think that we can hide. The, the truth is, here's, here's the sad truth. Some of us may be able to hide to the grave, but we're going to be miserable going to it. <laughs> Because what does sin do? Oh, man, it just eats away at us. It tears away our insides, literally. So some of us, a plan to control our thoughts is, for some of us, we need to find accountability partners. Man, who is this guy that I need to tag up? Or for women, it can be the same thing. Who, who is somebody that I need in my life that can hold me accountable? Um, the best plan that you can have is every single day to start your day off by reading God's word. To put good thoughts into your mind. Listen, so many of us, it's so sad, so many of us call ourselves Christians and we base our life on a book that we've never read. (laughs) We base our life, listen to this, like if you were to go into Eastern culture and and they were to ask you, what do you believe? And you say, well, I believe in Christianity. They say, well, what, what do you believe? What are the foundations? What are the fundamentals of it? Most of us couldn't answer because we don't really know what the Bible says. And if you go into Eastern culture, they may not believe the right religion, but you look at the Hindus, and you look at the Buddhists, and you look at the Muslims, they know their documents. 
They know the Quran left and right. As for a Christian, like the only verse that we know is maybe something that our grandmother yelled at us when she was angry at us, right? That was it. So I want to challenge you. And I'm not, here, I'm not casting shame on you. I'm just, I want to challenge you to be able to say, look, pick it up. Start reading it. It's never too late. Start reading God's word. And listen, you may not understand it, but I promise you this. Everything that you're going to read is going to get in your brain, whether you realize it or not. And before you realize what's going on, it's going to start changing your thinking. Every time I read the Bible, it's amazing how it flips my thinking. That it changes the way that I think about things. Because listen, here's what it does. It takes every lie, every impure thought, every doubt, every unbelief, and it flips it around with truth. So everything that you want to believe about yourself, you start reading the Bible and you start reading the promises of God. And he's never going to leave you, that he's never going to forsake you. That there is no chasm that is too far to separate you from the love of God. And you begin to realize all the promises that come out of the scripture. And you begin to base your lie on truth rather than what you think about yourself. That's why it's so incredibly important to read it. Hebrews 4.12 puts it this way. For the word of God, listen, is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It ju- listen to this. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Listen, if you read the Bible regularly, here's, here's what I want you to understand. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Because if you read it long enough, you're going to read some things that are going to, ooh, and that's convicting. Ooh, that's sharp. And you begin to realize the longer that you, that you read it, you're going to recognize the things that you need to change. The second practice, find a place to think your thoughts. Here's what I mean by this. Every single day you have to turn your volume down and process your thoughts. You have to have a place where you can process your thoughts. How many of you know this world is a noisy place? There is distractions everywhere. You need some sanctuary. You need a place that you can go every single day where you can think, where you can process your thoughts, where you can get to a place where you say, well, how do I really feel about how that, what that person treated me like or what they said to me? How do I feel about that? How did that make me feel? What do I think See, you have to, listen, you have to slow down long enough to have an actual conversation with God. Sometimes to really understand how you feel. And the truth is, some of us, we don't like to slow down. We like the busyness. We like the noise. We like to be in it. And we like the constant go. But the the problem with that is, is you never hear God in that. Here's what's so ironic about Jesus. And every historian could tell you this. Um, even if they don't believe in God. It would tell you that Jesus' life in his three years of ministry shaped the world more than anybody. And, and, and here's what I love about Jesus. He was like, not busy. He wasn't like, I gotta go to this schedule, and then I got this meeting, and then I gotta drop kids off at soccer, and then I gotta do this, and then I gotta have this, and then I gotta do that. Like the thing about the New Testament is you read is, and, and you would think that he would like capitalize on the momentum that he was constantly gaining. You see this, like Jesus spoke to the 5,000s and you'd think that he would go to the next city and speak to a larger crowd and 10,000 and then there was 20,000. He spoke to 5,000 and Jesus like, see ya, I'm out for five days. Nobody's gonna find me. I'm just gonna go pray. 
And most of us would look at that and say, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. He understood something. The world is a distracted, noisy place. And if I don't set aside time to surrender my thoughts to Jesus, I'll become just like the world. So all of us, we need that place to think our thoughts. We need a front porch where we can sit down and have some coffee and just get in some silence and say, okay, God, what's going on in my heart? Speak to me, reveal some things to you, or you read the scriptures and you begin to let it pierce you. Isaiah 26, 3 puts it this way. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So listen, what is he saying here? What is the prophet Isaiah saying here? He's saying, listen, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, here's what you get. Peace. How many of you want some peace? Like, I need some peace. Listen, you get peace when you fix your thinking, when you fix your thoughts on Jesus. Colossians 3.2 puts it another way. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Listen, the common excuse that I hear all the time, and I've made it, I just don't have enough time in the day. I don't have enough time in the day. You know, I wake up super early, I gotta get to work, and then I'm super busy at work, and then when I get home, I got a family that I need to take care of, and I gotta cook dinner, and then I gotta bathe the kids, and, and then after that, you know, I gotta pay some bills, and then my husband and I, we haven't talked, and so we try to talk for 20 minutes, and then we go to bed, and we do it all over again. I often ask people a simple question. Like, how do you actually find time to, like, go golfing? Because you do it often. I see it on Instagram. (laughs) Or how do you find time to... Listen, you will make time for what you really find important in your life. Whatever is important to you, you'll find time for it. Regardless of how busy you are. See, I would argue that you actually, you have to make time to carve out, to think about these things, to spend time with Jesus, or the rest of your time is going to be influenced by something else, and it's not going to be God. It's not going to be Jesus. Number three, this one can be difficult, and this one can be challenging for some of us, but I believe it, if you do this one, this is usually the one that starts to kick things into gear. Number three, find a person to stretch your thoughts. Find a person to stretch your thoughts. Listen, you are not the smartest person in the room. If you find yourself in a room where you're always the smartest person in the room, you need to get in a new room. (laughs) I, I am constantly in a room with people smarter than me. And sometimes I feel like an idiot. Sometimes I feel like... You know, I I don't know enough, but the truth is it it stretches me, it encourages me, it sharpens me. We need to get around people that will stretch our thoughts. So here at this church, we call that life groups. For some of it, we need to get, and I would, listen, every single person in this room needs to be in a life group. There's not a single excuse that you could give me, well, yeah, I just don't, you need people. You need people. You need them more than you think you do. And some of you bought into the lie, well, I've been on my own for so long. I don't need anybody. I'll take care of myself. How's that working for you? Because you're still anxious. You're still depressed. And last I checked, you still have the same problems that you did five years ago. You need people to stretch your thinking. You need to be surrounded by some folks who are also working on your thinking. Because when you get around people that are working on their thinking, guess what? You start working on yours. 
You need to get around people that will stretch you. Hebrews puts it this way. Let us think of ways to motivate one another (laughs) to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. See, you didn't know that. Life groups are in the Bible. (laughs) It's not just an OSC Crowley thing. He says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to get around people that stretch our thoughts. So listen, next week, like literally next Sunday, we're going to launch our our life group semester. And I want to encourage you to sign up for one. Get in a group. You need to be in a group. And some of you here, I'm going to be honest, you're going to have to look at your calendar. You're going to have to rearrange some things. You're going to have to cancel some things. You're going to have to move some stuff around. But listen, if you want 2018 to be the best year of your life, you need Jesus and you need people. See, if Jesus wanted us to be alone, then guess what? He would have only made Adam, and that would have been it. (laughs) And he would have said, you know what, Adam, me and your relationship, we're good, just me and you. No, he made other people because we need people. The The fourth thing. You need to find a purpose to land your thoughts. The the healthiest thoughts you can have are the thoughts about why you're on this planet. The healthiest thoughts that you can have is about your purpose. Listen, if God could speak to you today, I believe he would say two things. Let's settle your yesterdays and think about your future. Settle your yesterdays and think about your future. I want to give you an example. Some of us are so worried about guarding our back that we don't move forward. So so here's what I mean by this. We're always worried about the person that's going to stab us in the back. Or we're always held down by our past. And, And here's what happens. We're constantly, rather than moving forward to the future that God has for us, we're constantly moving backwards because we're more worried about our past than our future. And and here's the cool thing. If you can start landing your thoughts on your purpose and what God's designed you for, guess what happens? You start moving forward and you begin to understand that God's got your back and you don't need to turn around anymore. So you need to let that drill down deep inside of you. Listen, if you surrender your life to God, he has your back. You can stop protecting it. You can stop worrying. Listen, there's nothing in your past for you. The things that you regret, the things that you've done, the things that you wish you never could have done, you can't change them. So here's what God wants you to do. He says, you know what? Land your thinking on your purpose, why I put you on this earth, and you keep going. And I'll worry about your back. I'll worry about the things back there, the things that try to drag you down, the things that try to hold you back. We're actually adamantly, adamantly worrying and caring about your future. In two weeks, we're going to launch something. We, we do it almost once every other month. We call it Next Step. The first week in February, we'll kick it off. And in that, there is a part that we talk about where um, maybe for some of you, you don't know what your purpose is. And we want to try to help you figure out what that is. If you don't know what your purpose is, maybe you've been on this earth for long enough and you're still searching and you're still looking. I don't know what my purpose is. We want to help you with that. So I would encourage you, next Sunday you have an opportunity to get in the life group. And then the very next Sunday you have an opportunity to go through your next step. I want to encourage you to go to both of those things. Romans 12, 2 puts it this way. 
Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, what, by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his pleasing and perfect will. How many of your minds just need to be renewed every day? Every day. Listen, it's like every single day what happens if you start it off right, you read the scriptures, you spend some time with Jesus, you clear your mind, you get in a good headspace, you start thinking good, and then guess what? All it takes is one day to screw it all up again. <laughs> and so this is why it becomes a daily practice. Every single, the same power that I had yesterday, I need it again for tomorrow. And then the next day, and the next, this is not like a one-time deal. Oh, I need Jesus, he zaps us, and then he just carries us through. Right? Every single day we need to meet with him. Number five, we need to find a power to fuel our thoughts. We need to find a power to fuel our thoughts. See, when God speaks to you, he's going to tell you something that is too big for you to do. (laughs) Oftentimes, the reason that we don't live out the purpose that God has for us is because it's usually too big for us to accomplish on our own. How do we know it's God? Usually when you can't accomplish it by yourself. That's how you know it's God. Oftentimes God will inspire you to do something great, but you're going to need him to pull it off. We need a power that goes beyond our thoughts. See, God doesn't want you to go off and do things by yourself. Here's the cool thing. He actually wants to partner with you. And he says, hey, let's do this together. Because if you've got me in the boat... We can accomplish some great things, but if you want to do it on your own, you're not going to get nearly as far. And this is where it comes, where we step into a space that maybe some of us are uncomfortable with. We step into a space where we open our life to the power of the Holy Spirit. To a power that actually goes beyond us and who we are and what we can think and what we can accomplish and what we can do. See, there are just things in this world that other human beings that are able to accomplish, and, the only, and you can look at them, and we can glorify them, and we can say, oh, that pastor grew that church, or that guy did that good thing. And listen, oftentimes, if you would sit down and have a conversation with those people and ask them, how did you do this? They would say, I don't know. Like, God just showed up. I just got out of the way, and God just did it. I don't know how it happened. There's a, a pastor in Birmingham, Alabama, who, his name's Chris Hodges, and he has the second largest church in America. On Easter, they had 100,000 people. That's, that's big. <laughs> and um, you would probably know more about this guy, but, except for the fact that he is super humble. He actually refuses that. He's always, the media is always knocking down his door, asking if they could do interviews with him. He rarely ever does them. You're not going to see him on the face of a magazine or anywhere. He's just a humble guy. Very grounded, very rooted. Actually got to spend some time with him about two weeks ago at a hunting lodge. I did not go hunting, but I just went because he was there. Um, (laughs) And uh, you sit down across the table from him and you would ask him like, man, how how did you, all the success, like what happened? What was the strategy? What did you put in place? How did he, he, honestly, he just says, I, I don't know. He said, the only thing that I know is when we started this church, he said, everybody said that the best time to start a church was the first of January, the first weekend in January, and it usually is. The first weekend in January or the first weekend in September is usually the best time to start a church. 
But he said, you know what? But I stopped listening to everybody else. And what I decided to do, instead of starting the church on the first week of January, we're going to start on the second week of um, February. And everybody said, man, that's a horrible idea. You don't want to do that. It's not going to work. So the reason that we're going to start on the second week of February is we're going to take 21 days to pray and fast before we start this church. So they prayed and they fasted and then they finally launched the church. And I mean, the rest is history. When people ask him, they say, what is, what is the secret sauce? How did you have this success? And he says, every single year we give the first to God and we give 21 days of prayer. And he said, that's the only way. It's the only way that this thing has flourished. The only reason that it's taken off to what it is today is because we just got out of the way and we said, God, it's your church and you do your thing. Listen, it's the same way with our life. If you want to live out your purpose, if you want to live out your destiny, if you want to live out your God-given passion, you have to surrender your life to a power that is greater than you. You have to give yourself over to... Listen, you have to take risks that are going to scare the heck out of you. But it's putting a trust in a God who is much bigger than you. Isaiah puts it this way. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's God speaking to you. He's saying, listen, what you think in your limited thinking, he says, I have much bigger plans. Ephesians 3.20 puts it this way. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, watch, that works in us. See, we don't accomplish great things because we're great. We accomplish great things because we surrender our lives to a great God who possesses a power that goes way beyond us. So I was reading this the other day, and um, I thought that it would make perfect sense. And what I'm going to read is just an example. It's not something that you should copy. I think you need to make your own. But actually, Chris Hodges is the one that um, said this, and, and this is his, but he said, if you start every single day with the declaration of this is how my day is going to go, he said, it would significantly change your day. And, and this is what he wrote down. So every day he wakes up, he doesn't have it memorized, he says, I have it on my iPad, and I just read it. And he says, he reads this every single day, he says, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. He says, I love my wife and I will lay down my life to serve her. He makes a declaration. He says, my children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture and care and train them to do more for God than they can possibly imagine. So I'm growing growing closer to Jesus every day. I'm anointed, equipped, and determined to reach people far from God. My words, thoughts, and actions are under the power of Christ. I I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I live my life with power, purpose, and meaning every day. I love people, and I love this, and I believe the best about others. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am blessed beyond measures because the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I equip leaders. It's not something I do. It's who I am. I bring my best and then some. The world will be better and different today because I serve Jesus today. I'm a servant of the Most High God. Every single day he wakes up and he reads that. Do you think your life would be different if you started your day like that? And and listen, you can read this. And I remember being in this space. I used to read stuff like that. And I'm like, that's just self-help garbage, right? The truth is, everything that he said here, man, it's, it's packed with spiritual principles. 
And the idea is simply this, that every single day I'm going to choose to believe what God says about me rather than what other people say about me. Because the quickest way to forget about what God says about you is to believe what other people say about you. If you want to know what God says about you, you got to start silencing the noise around you so you can hear him. It's going to start with your thinking. As I bring this to a close, I want to challenge you. We've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting. We have seven left. Today is actually day 14. Yesterday I said it was day 12, but it was really day 13. I got it wrong. (laughs) So today is day 14. And listen, if you have not joined us, I want to challenge you to take these next seven days to, to pray, to fast. Every single morning, we've been live on Facebook at 7 a.m. just for a quick devotional, and then we spend some time in worship and prayer and reading God's Word. I want to challenge you to do that. Tune in every single morning at 7 o'clock. I want to challenge you to fast. I also want to challenge you, as I said earlier, Cut out as much media as you possibly can. Because here's the truth. If you want your life to change, it's going to start uphill. Listen, it's not, listen, the easy road is always the road that is paved with destruction. What does Jesus say? For us to get to heaven, what is it? It's a narrow road. It's a narrow road. It's a road that's difficult. It's a road that's often less traveled because it's difficult. But listen, in the beginning, when you start this kind of stuff, it's going to be like working a muscle. It's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. Why am I doing this? Why am I fasting? I'm starving. (laughs) I want to get up my phone. Why am I doing this? And all of a sudden, it's going to kick in few days pass by and you begin to realize man I don't need that stuff and then a few more days go by and all of a sudden you have this clarity of thought that you've never had before and then the next few days pass by and you begin to realize like man I actually believe what God says about me I actually believe that I do have a purpose and that I do have a destiny and that God put me on this earth to make a difference God wants that for you this morning. So listen, don't let, I honestly, I'll just share an honest piece of my life with you. The number one reason that I almost did not become a pastor is because I hated, hated the the connotations that came with that. You walk into a room and everybody's like, shh, don't talk about how we normally talk because he just walked into the room. All of a sudden, people change their behaviors and their actions and their ways as soon as you walk in the room. And it almost kept me from my purpose. Why? Because I was more concerned with what other people thought than what God had for me. I beg to differ that many of you are there today. You know the purpose that God has for you, and the only reason you're not living it is because you're scared. And you're scared about what other people are going to say, and you're scared about what other people are going to think. Can I tell you this? There is nothing greater, nothing greater than God standing up in heaven and going, good job. I'm pleased with you. There's nothing greater than that. There's nothing greater than knowing when you live out your purpose that, listen, you made an eternal impact. That when you leave this earth, that your life actually mattered 
And your kids can look back and say, yeah, my mom and dad, they fought. They fought so that we could know Jesus. They fought so that we could live the life that we live now. There's nothing like leaving this earth and leaving a legacy. That's what Jesus was all about. It's the reason that we still talk about him 2,000 years later because he was more concerned about pleasing his heavenly father than he was about pleasing the crowd. And listen, if you want to please your heavenly father, it's going to start with your thinking and it's going to start with your thoughts. 